1: You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on
2: ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now here's Dan and Louis, and welcome back to the 11 o'clock hour, brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. Uh, this is Issel and Louis. Now we're uh, happy to uh, uh, join our good friend from Motown, Mister J Davis. Jay, how are you? Good. How you doing? We're doing terrific. Uh, I guess uh, that um, Louie is on vacation. I didn't know you could take a vacation, but Lu- Louis's in Puerto Rico with his family, and Mike Gandolfo is, uh, is sitting in, so we, uh, we appreciate you coming on. I want to start with, and I don't know that we've ever played or talked about golf, but uh, the biggest story in sports today, uh, Tiger Woods going to it up this afternoon and what what a great threesome he and and rory and justin thomas the the louisville guy i the, guess the saint x guy the, you
1: gotta go yeah, San, he's a saint
2: goshen, x guy the goshen guy uh jay are you a big golf fan are you looking forward to this
0: i am a marginal golf fan my wife is the golfer in our house she actually tried to turn pro three times when she was younger whoa um but you know tiger woods is always a big deal you know i just for him i hope at this point, he's able to, you know, if he's going to try to play some tournaments, just that he, that he makes it through him, you know, because it seems like ever since that one Masters win a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, that just about everything he's in, he's not able to finish because, you know, something just pops up. So I just want to see him finish.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, they're not betting on Tiger winning the tournament. They're they're betting on him to make the cut. What uh, yeah. do you think? Do you think that happens?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know, you know, because he's, he's playing so, you know, his him, him playing is so rare now, you know, the last couple of years that, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I hope so. I'm sure, you know, the network's broadcasting. I hope he does, you know, because I'm sure that gives them a bump in their ratings. But that's just one of those things. That's like a waiting type of thing. You Like, you believe it when you see it.
1: So we the other big story that just actually just hit Dan. I don't even know if you saw this, but the Celtics make it official. Joe yeah. Joe Mazzulla is the head coach to give him a contract extension. Uh, it's a remarkable Jay to just see how this uh, this person who has really like limited experience and probably was never the guy that you thought would be this in, this great NBA head coach is just. I mean, Boston is overcoming every obstacle that's coming their way, and it's part of those got to be Mazzulla. I mean obviously the right choice for them right
0: uh i would think so you know it's well that team you know based from from the start of the start of 2022 you know last the last new year they've been really really good for the last 14 months um me personally i mean i think you know it helps to have that stability but it's february you know that he he's I don't think he's going to make any money until you know May and June, getting them back to the finals. So, I don't. I don't think there was any rush to do that. I get why you do it, you know, just to help, like I said, morale, continuity, things like that. But personally, on that, I think they could have waited.
1: I guess it uh, makes it uh, tough to be the NBA head coach or the All Star Game head coach and being an interim tag. I don't know. It's it's interesting, <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting, dynamic.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that, but you know, it's, it's just one of those things where i don't i don't think there i don't think there was any rush for them to do that to remove that interim tag but i mean that's good for him you know he's he's done really well um i think that kind of takes some of the shine off of what email udoka did last year because a lot of people were thinking that was you know it was a lot of talk about oh he did this in a year and brad stevens couldn't do it in close to a decade but you know it, it it helps when you have you know a top seven or eight player, another top 20 player, one of the best defensive players in the league. You know, just that that roster is so good. Brad Stevens has done such a good job putting it together that, you know, having the players makes a lot of difference.
2: I think what was unbelievable is they played uh, Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is is a team that's going to be scary. Middleton is coming back, starting to get – yeah, back in the flow again. When they have their full roster of players, they're as good as anybody. But what about that game the other night? Uh, yeah. They play the Celtics, and the Celtics are without their three top players. Uh, they don't have Tatum. They don't have Brown. They don't have Smart. And they still, it, to, to your point about the roster in Boston, they they still take them to overtime.
0: Yeah, you know, they was what did, what did they start? Sam Hauser, Blake Griffin. Um, Derek White you know there's that collection of players that that say a lot about Missoula right there you know just that they were able to get that kind of effort out of that out of that group missing their top three guys um but yeah that that was a, that was an interesting game you know you're still looking at Milwaukee kind of trying to you know solidify his rotation get Chris Middleton you know to a point where he can start playing more minutes um but yeah, yeah, he was, Joe. He's done a great job. I, you know, not to take anything away from him. I just think that, you know, I mean, if they flame out in the second round, you know, you know what happens then.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because that East is the Eastern Conference is looking like it could be a lot of fun down the stretch because you got Absolutely. the four teams that are separating themselves. Because uh, I put the Cavaliers right there. I think they're they're, yeah. they're playing oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then you got the battle for the fifth, sixth spot between the two teams in New York. Um I, I it's shaping up to be really fun. How do you think the the that's going to play out with uh who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference, uh especially in those top 4 teams?
0: Well, if everything holds true to form, that second round is going to be great. You know, that second round you could have, you know, either Milwaukee and Boston versus Cleveland and, you know, some combination of that, you know, Milwaukee and Boston versus Philly. I think I think it's clear that Milwaukee and Boston are the two top teams in that league. I was surprised that Cleveland at the trade deadline didn't do something to to kind of bolster its, you know, starting small forward spot. You know, Isaac Okoro, he's played better the last month or so, but I still think they have a gaping hole at small forward. And, you know, Philly's another team that I got to wait and see attitude with, you know, with, uh, you know, James Harden usually slowing down in the playoffs and, you know, that team just not being able to get over a hump. You know, people, I love Joel Embiid. He's great. I think he's finished second in the MVP the last two years, but this is year nine. And they still haven't they haven't even been to the conference finals yet, so you know just there's a lot of storylines going on you know in the east well there's a lot of storylines going on across the league, but I think that second round in the east if everything holds true to form could be could be unbelievable
2: uh, Jay Davis joining us from uh, Detroit. and uh, jay uh speaking about uh, people that have moved uh we have a small sample guys uh, Kyrie Irving and Luka Dantich playing together I think uh, I think they're Owen 2 in the two games they played and we got all the way I think to game 5 or 6 before uh Irving had to sit out with back tightness last night Yeah last you night see? I was looking
0: forward to watching that game too <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well you know my man Mr. Triple Double steps up and 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 they got no shot. But <laughs> yeah. but uh d- do you see Ir- Irving in the last 23, 25 games that they have left? Do you see him making a big difference in Dallas?
0: Um I mean, going down the stretch of the regular season with the way the standings are in the West, he's going to have to, you know, I, they're in that top 4 or 5 right now, but you know the difference between thirteen and you know six is like three games, so they're going to be in some pretty some really big games the rest of the way. And it was interesting they had Sacramento on a back to back. Lucas sat out the first game and they won, in the second game um, he came back. and I'm sure you saw, you know, him and Kyrie were kind of playing a hot potato with the ball at the end of the game. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, if, I don't know if if they were just trying to get the other guy a shot. I don't know if there was if that's one of those things where it's like, all right, I don't want. People to think I was ball hogging, but you know there's going to be some stuff they have to figure out there. You know who takes the last shot. The big thing for me is, you know, I'm watching that game last night and Dallas. You know, without Kyrie, they're starting Josh Green, who's an athletic young guy. Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, um, you know, with Luca, and that that there's no that roster has no depth. They traded away their best perimeter defender in a conference in a league where perimeter defense is at a premium and I just I just don't see them doing much in the playoffs just from that standpoint you know the game slows down a lot I know Luca doesn't play that fast but you know they're going to be in some games where they're going to need stops late late in playoff games and I'm not sure where they're going to come from
1: yeah the the West is really fascinating because I mean I love the changes that the Suns made but they're still I mean they've got some ground to make up too like do you think the Suns could work all the way up to be in that two seed in the West
0: you know, I think looking at last year, if the Grizzlies are in a two spot, I think you're okay if you're three. Because Memphis, that's another team that I wish would have made an upgrade for a second guy who could get his own shot. And, I mean, they got Luke Kennard who helps with shooting, you know, driving Hicks for job. But I think if you, if you get – I think the three seed is what you shoot for. You know, you don't want to push yourself too much like, you know, Durant had to do the last couple years in Brooklyn just to even get them into the playoff or last year in particular. But I, if if you get in that three spot you're you're potentially going up against Memphis in the second round and I would take you know, I would take Phoenix, Phoenix or Warriors over Memphis, you know, in a heartbeat just because I don't really like Memphis' roster structure in terms of having multiple guys who can get their own shot.
2: Jay Davis from uh, Cranes, Detroit at j davis underscore 1981 is where you can find all of his stuff uh let's let's switch gears and talk about uh about college you, are, are there any teams out there jay that you have confidence in that'll be playing in the final four
0: right now you know they i think they were preseason number one they, they've been kind of flying under the radar just because their conference area in is houston Okay. Um, you know, I know they got a transfer. Uh, well, he's not a transfer. Marcus Stastey was a preseason Player of the Year candidate. He's kind of flying under the radar. But they're like twenty three and two. They've lost one game in conference. That's the only team that's been in the top five all season, I believe. That's the only team I have like ultimate confidence in getting into getting to the Final Four. You look at you know Purdue losing to Northwestern, then Indiana going into Northwestern and losing. Um, Alabama not playing really well last night at Tennessee, and you know, Kansas at one point lost three in a row. Arizona's lost the cup they, last weekend. They lost the game that they shouldn't have last Saturday night. I, I don't know who's going to be in the final four, and that's what and that's what's going to make this tournament a lot of fun.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, I think that's the other thing that makes Houston such an unknown is that they probably have not had the test that these other. Uh, opportunities to lose that these other teams have had as well. Uh but you can't they've won what's in front of them, right? You got you gotta give them credit for that and that's always tough right. to do. You know, so
0: early on UConn was, you know, top five, top ten team and once they got in the conference play they started struggling. Well they're in the big East, they went back to the big East, sorry. But you know, they're in this league with like Cincinnati and Tulane, don't have those tests, but you know, keep in mind uh, I believe it was last year. You know, same league, same situation. They got all the way to the Final Four, and I just think with what they had coming back and Kelvin Sampson being a good coach that you know a lot of people forget about. I think I think they I think that's the only team that I'm of the, I have the most confidence in in being in the Final Four.
1: It'd be great to see a Kelvin Sampson Houston team take on an IU team in the tournament, Dan. <laughs> it'd
0: be, it'd well, be you, great. You know they you, always look for that. You know, first or second round. Oh, yep. we could put. You know. Like you know, it might be, you know, you do like Duke and Marquette or something. You know, when it was Waterhouseke and you know Coach K. You know, they do look for those games in the first couple rounds. You know, where you where you have that that matchup where the where the coaches have history, where where one coach has history with the other side. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, because it, it could be easy where Indiana would be a four or five seed. I mean, that probably is probably where they're projected. So, I mean, it'd be yeah, they were.
0: Four. I don't I don't know what happened there. Northwestern's like. I don't know if you guys saw any of that game last night. Northwestern's defense is really, really good. Um, down the stretch of that game, you know, when it was getting tight, they were just getting stops on stops on stops. And I uh, I think this might be the year that, that Northwestern gets their first tournament win. But, yeah, I could see Indiana being a 4 or a 5 and, you know, making it to the Sweet 16 and giving, you know, Kansas or Purdue or Houston, you know, hell in, in the Sweet 16.
2: Jay, you just led me into the question about Northwestern. I I think with that win last night against Indiana, I think Northwestern's in second place in the Big yeah. Ten right now. Is that is that because Northwestern is so good, or because it might be an off year for the Big Ten?
0: I mean, it's. I think it's a little bit of both. You, know, you North. This doesn't happen to Northwestern very often. You know, it's just a team that that's only made the tournament one time. So. They're they're good this year, you know. They're they're almost 20 wins at this point. I would make them a lock to make the tournament, but you know the rest of the Big Ten is jumbled. There's you know Indiana's nine and six. There's like four or five teams at eight and six. A couple teams at eight seven. So I mean, Northwestern's just doing their job. You know, this is you know it's not like this is a a team that's you know used to having success. You know, even even if it is a down year, there's nothing that there's nothing. In their history, that's the Northwestern would the advantage of
1: that. The latest bracketology has eight Big Ten teams getting in the in the tournament right now, Dan. So you know whatever that's worth. So, yep. but no, we we said it before. This bubble's huge. It's forty uh, bracketology's got forty one teams on the bubble for twenty eight spots. Um, but it's going to make it for a whole lot of fun down the road. So, uh, what uh, what would be your take on our local team? Or we said Indiana, but. You know, for Kentucky, do you think they're in or are they out?
0: Kentucky will get in. You know, I think their schedule was their, their conference schedule was kind of front loaded. I was looking at it a couple of days ago. They have some games that they should win down the stretch, and I don't know. You know, are you guys calling? You know, that close loss to Virginia last night is that? Are you? Have you been talking about moral victories for an hour?
1: For Louisville, we talk, we talk <laughs> yeah. moral victories for about twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably about what. Yeah, I mean.
0: you know, you know, we've talked about it before. At this point. You know, just make sure the guys are playing hard every night. And next year, five hundred in the league, make a push, make a push to get in the tournament. I think that should be the goal for Louisville next year.
2: Jay, I'm going to throw you a curveball—no pun intended—but we've never brought up a subject that you weren't very familiar with. What are your what's your opinion on all of these new rule changes in Major League Baseball?
0: I think what they're trying to do is, you know, they finally recognize that. You know the people who they're, they should be marketed to, which is kids. That the game's too slow when they're doing all these things to speed it up um, or to add more action to it. You know, which I think I think is good. But you know, you'll have people on both sides of it—the diehards who've been watching for thirty, forty years and say, you know, they don't they don't like the changes. They want things to stay they are. How about sixty? <laughs> 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 well, you know, they're, like I said, you know, same thing. They, they're the kids. They. are if the games are faster if there's more
1: action you know the, the kids will be into it um the big story for me in baseball though is not necessarily the rule changes but the the news coming out yesterday that Bally sports missed that interest only payment that he got 30 days to kind of figure it out but we're talking about spring training sorry. we don't, and baseball doesn't even know who their tv partner is going to be and when you've got markets like cincinnati and that's probably i think detroit's in the same boat that's where the majority of their income comes from it's pretty scary right now yeah
0: yeah we've been covering that actually, you know, because three of our four teams you know are on ballots. I actually you know me streaming, I stream everything on youtube t v so I have the ballet sports plus app, and the app's not great, it does its job, but you know and i there was some talk you know I don't remember if it was here or not a couple of years ago about each team just trying to do its own separate network but i don't I don't know what's gonna happen. The weird thing about it is is last season, late in the season. You know, because NBA League pass pass blacks out all the local games. But for the last two months of the season last year, I was getting Pistons games. I don't understand why those blackout rules just can't be changed, and then you just add your local teams to the packages. Like, my wife's a Brewers fan, so we get MLB.TV every year so she can watch the Brewers, and with the Tigers being bad, I can watch the Dodgers and some other good baseball teams. But I, I just don't understand. Those blackout rules are so archaic and you know, so, you know, they, they just don't belong anymore. And I think if you add the local teams that leave past, they're still getting a share of that revenue. So I just don't understand, you know, at this point, the need for all of these regional sports networks.
2: Jay, are, are we just seeing the tip of the iceberg? Could this be, uh, you know, I, I think COVID uh, changed a lot of a lot of habits for a lot of people, but could, could we be seeing – uh, some of these uh, coverages fail because the 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 rights fees have just been too high.
0: Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, the one thing I'll say about that is, is you know, when you look at TV ratings for you know most of the over air, over the air networks, a lot of cable, sports remains like the highest rated shows on television because you can DVR everything else you know you can you have your streaming services that you watch stuff on the next day if you missed it sports is the only thing that you have to watch live you know there's no waiting the next day to watch a game you know you try even if you're going to miss parts of a game with your team in it you know you're you're trying not to check your phone or you know talk to anybody because people will tell you what's going on but yep. i don't know that that's why those right feeds stay high like that because sports is is the only thing you, right now that you have to watch live?
1: It's gonna be interesting, like you said. The Pistons, the Red Wings are on that Valley Sports up there as well, too. Is the Pistons, Red Wings, and the and it's the Tigers, the Red
0: Wings and Tigers, yeah.
1: So I mean, that's a pretty big economic impact to those teams, right there. If, if something were absolutely, up. yeah. I'm I mean, gonna I think who who got the biggest impact would it be the Red Wings or would it be the Tigers.
0: Uh, you know, I, I'm not I don't, I'm not sure. You know, I'd have to do a breakdown of that, but I mean, based on the inventory. You know, it would. I guess you would have to say the Tigers, but I'm not sure how that breakdown goes for you know 162 games, 81 home games.
2: Uh, Jay, um, last one for me. I want to circle back to the NBA. Um, Is there any team out there because of all the changes that were made at uh, at the trade deadline? And, you know, I'm thinking maybe uh, Westbrook winds up with the Clippers. The Lakers made a lot of changes. Is there a team out there that hasn't done much this season that you see making a little run here the last quarter of the year?
0: Um, Not not really. I mean, I like how Minnesota's played for the last month, and, month, month and a half, you know, um, they have some defined roles there now, you know. Even though Carl Townsend has been hurt, I think they've won like 13 of their last 20. But I, you know, I, I I don't know. You know, that I think in I think the the teams at the top are the teams that are going to be there at the end in the East. I think it's I think it's Boston, Milwaukee, and in the West, I think it's some combination of Phoenix, Phoenix, Denver, and Golden State. Even though Golden State hasn't played well, but once Steph come, Curry comes back, I think they'll make a push. But outside of that, like, I mean, the Lakers moves, yeah, it's fun to talk about because they're the Lakers, but I don't think they're, you know, based on where they have to fight to to get, you know, to get even out of the play-in, I don't think they're more than a one-round and out team. So I think, you know, that Durant move is what pushed Phoenix into that top tier. Um, I would have liked to see Denver add some more depth, but I think the teams at the top are set.
1: So as a Pistons fan, and this will be my last question, are you... Actively or is the is the city actively rooting for them to lose every game so that they can win the Vicks Sweet uh, Sakes?
0: It's a, a well, I, I, I got to tell you this: I, I am not a Pistons fan. You're not a Pistons I, fan. Uh, okay. my, my my love for basketball started when they used to beat the hell out of Michael Jordan, and I was I, I would tell people at like eight or nine that this is basketball, my buddies that don't understand that. <laughs> but I think it's one of those you know they call it stealth tanking. It's you know you play really hard. Excuse me. You play really hard the last, you know, the entire game, but you lose by two or three points. So I think, you know, if you see an effort from these young guys, because that's what it is outside of Bogdanovich is a team full of young guys. Alex Burks, but he doesn't, you know, play as much. So if they're playing hard and, you know, play hard while not losing your draft, not hurting your draft, this is just what I think a lot of people up here want.
2: Jay, uh, you mentioned Michael Jordan. Uh, what a classy thing he did yesterday celebrating his 60th birthday. I can't believe Michael Jordan 60 years old. But yeah. uh, but giving a million, or excuse me, $10 million, uh, $10 million donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. What a classy man he is.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, you know, stuff that gets talked about, you know, with him as far as, Charitable donations and supporting different groups and stuff, but I think there's a lot of stuff that he's done that, you know, that people just don't know about. And you know, doing that, that's a that's a very grand gesture. You know, there you get you might get some people saying, well, he could he could do more, but ten million dollars is a lot of money and it'll go a long way. Yeah, yeah he'll be I, sixty years old tomorrow. I can't believe that.
2: Yeah, I I uh, I I hope it's a lesson for a lot of these other young players that could be doing so much more too. He's Jay Davis Absolutely. Crane. Yeah, Cranes Detroit at Jay Davis underscore 1981. Jay, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot.
0: Thanks, guys. Talk to
2: you soon. Okay, bye bye. Jay Davis. You know what I I, think- don't, I don't know if you could bring up any any sport that he wouldn't be all over. He's, um, he's amazing, his knowledge of, of every everything.
1: Well, I was actually kind of hesitant to bring up the stuff about the ballet sports thing just because I didn't want to throw him that big of a curveball. But, man, he, he was on top no, of that too, right? he was too, all right? over
2: it. Yeah. 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 No, no. You're, you're absolutely right. Well, um, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little more uh, UK and UofL basketball. Reminder that this uh, hour of the show is brought to you by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Whether you're looking for dental coverage for your employees or an individual or family policy, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, a comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is easy. You can call them at 1-800-955-2030, or you can always visit them online at ky.deltadental.com. Welcome back to Dan Issel and Louis Rebeau on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louis.
1: Filling in for Louis Rebeau, I'm Mike Gandolfo and it's a big night of basketball here on uh, on 93.9. You can listen to Louisville's women's basketball team take on Notre Dame. They're traveling to South Bend. Uh, network pregame starts at 6.30. Nick Kern on the call at 7 o'clock with the live play-by-play. And, of course, directly following the network postgame is local YMCA. Uh, the YMCA postgame show with Dave Skull and Tyler Greever tonight. Uh, it's all on nine three nine, the Ville and ESPN Louisville app. On six eighty, you can listen to Bellarmine basketball. The Knights are back in Freedom Hall tonight, hosting North Alabama. Join Doug Orme and Mark Bug at seven fifteen for pregame. Seven thirty tip off, right here on ESPN 105.7. Of course, also the ESPN Louisville app. And then this weekend, Dan, we got the NBA All Star Game, which uh, I'd love to get your take on the, those All Star facilities. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we
2: got the NBA. That's, that's can't miss.
1: Oh, it is. Do you? What's what's your favorite part of it? I don't know. I haven't watched it in years. Oh, <laughs> Okay, or, or you're being facetious, I, which I, I should have known. Do, I should have picked up on the sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, I've known I know you well do enough. know.
2: I saw the I saw the list of people in the slam dunk contest. Yes, did not recognize one name. Ooh, not not one name. I'm gonna have to go. Uh, i got to go check it out and see if I recognize anybody. So no, I didn't. I didn't recognize one game, and and the only uh, the uh, Giannis and his brothers are going to be in the skilled contest. And okay. other than that, I didn't I didn't recognize anybody in that thing either. So
1: Okay. Well, the NBA Rising Stars game, uh, which actually I think is kind of fun to watch when you see those first and second year players go at it, uh, 9 o'clock on ESPN 680, 105.7 in the ESPN mobile app. Uh, all star Saturday night is uh eight it starts at saturday eight o'clock on espn 680 and 105.7 uh in the app of course and of course the all stream is on sunday and i one of my favorite bets is to see if like the over under is at 400 uh for the nba (laughs) which i think they've been over 400 the last couple years seven o'clock on espn 680 and 105.7 that is again on sunday uh and then just a couple more we got the wing zone coming in today for the uh for lunch so, thanks to Adam and his staff for dropping off Wing Zone catering to the ESPN Louisville Studios. Stop by the new Dixie Highway Wing Zone location, located right in front of Holy Cross High School. So, uh, order at wingzone.com. So, there you go. That's there you go. Daytona 500 this weekend. All kinds of stuff going on.
2: It, golf. It. not it, 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 it amazing? Um, I'm going to be watching the golf this afternoon, and and I'll tell you one thing. These, these guys that, like Rory McIlroy, you know, the, the PGA feeds him stuff so that he can crack on the LIV. They ought to thank their lucky stars every day that the LIV exists. Because, as Mickelson said, the PGA is sitting on a bunch of money. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Mike, some of these events... Uh, have have purses of $20 million. L- last week, uh, the Waste Management in Phoenix, uh, Scotty Scheffler won, defended his crown. You know what his check was for winning the Waste Management? What was it? $3.6 million. Three point six for winning a golf tournament. Justin Thomas, who finished fourth... Got a check for nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars, almost a million dollars for finishing fourth this week. The Genesis Open, the same thing, twenty million dollar purse. Wow! So you know, don't don't be cracking on the Saudi-backed uh, LIV tour because it's putting money in your pockets, boys.
1: There you go. I mean, uh, I'm all about it, and I'm looking at this NBA uh, dunk contest that you know you had me check it out i do know who jericho sims is because he plays for the knicks and that's probably the only reason i think he went to texas though i'm not if i'm not mistaken
2: never heard of him uh
1: well you've heard of kenyon martin before i don't know if you've heard of kenyon martin jr before yeah
2: yeah Uh, i'd be be more interested if kenyon martin was in the slam dunk contest well that's where i was
1: looking at who these judges are like i would like to see these judges in the dunking contest i don't know about carl malone and he was all power but harold miner was an incredible dunker yeah. Uh, coming out of Southern Cal, Baby Jordan, they called him, and of course Dominique, who was a trendsetter with this thing. Jamal Crawford, uh, Lisa Leslie, and Carl Malone are the uh, are the are the
2: contests. I was see. I don't. I don't get that. Why would you have somebody like Minor or or Dominique or Carl judge a slam dunk contest because they were better? than any of the dunks they're going to see. What they should do is have a guy like me, who couldn't dunk, ju- judge the contest. That's not true. I saw a
1: video it, of you dunking. You can dunk. You can so,
2: so, so that way, you know, we have people that would be impressed by the dunks. I, I can't imagine <laughs> Dominique is going to see anything even close to what he used to do. So I'll tell you the last the last All-Star game I saw, and I don't remember what year it was, uh, but my grandson, Benjamin, was like, oh, I don't know, eight or ten. It was the all-Star game that um, Blake Griffin dunked over the hood of the car Oh yes, the, yeah. to win the slam dunk contest, whatever year that was. Uh-huh. It was in, it was in, uh, it was in LA. And so I took uh, I took Benjamin he wanted to go and that, I've got a funny story so we uh, the day before the All-Star game in in the uh, in, in the convention center in LA which is right across the street from what used to be uh Staples Center I don't know what it's called now anyway they had this huge huge setup of everything basketball and so they had this one station where they had uh, like a six-foot goal, uh, eight-foot goal, ten-foot goal, and, and kids were getting in line and shooting, or some of them were trying to dunk. And so Benjamin is in this line, and he goes up, and he shoots, and then he has to go, and he's loving it. And so then I'm standing there, and he he, uh, he has to go back in line. And it takes about, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes for him to get back up to the front of the line. And so he's doing this over and over again. I'm standing there for about an hour. All of a sudden, the line stops, and there's one kid who is shooting the basketball, getting the rebound, going back and shooting it, which is completely against the rules. You get one shot, then you have to go. So I walk up to the front of the line to see who it is it's Dikembe Mutombo's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Mutombo stops the whole line so his kid can just take shot after shot after shot. I said, Dikembe, get that kid out of here. He gave you the finger wave, right? No, no, no. <laughs> so, so, that was the last NBA All-Star game that I have witnessed. So, uh,
1: a couple things on this. First off, correction to the show sheet, the text lines, and we we mentioned this yesterday. It was like We didn't know how Bellman was going to play at Freedom Hall with the Farm Machinery show and all that stuff yeah. going on out there. They're actually playing a fr- at the Yum center tonight so uh Ooh. bellman gets to play at the Yum center tonight so there you go uh thanks for for correcting our mistake and then um one of the guys in the dunk contest is mac mcclung first off if a 6-2 white guy comes out there and does anything innovative whatsoever he's the winner he's the winner yeah absolutely uh, and and that's what he is uh two career nba games and has not appeared in an nba game this year
2: yeah, how does he get in the slam dunk? Contest?
1: I guess the G League <laughs> players are are eligible. Yeah, eligible, yeah. And that, how sad is that too? That you know we have guys that could be in there, but they, you know, people are so worried about not. The, we talked about it yesterday with Jordan being such a competitor. Like those Jordan and Dominique dunk contests were their chance to compete against each other, and they took pride in competing against each other and competing against each other. Now you get these. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to look bad if I miss my dunk or I don't want to, if I, if yeah. I put an offer up there, like everyone's worried about their appearance instead of like the competition of it. And uh, it, it kills the dunk contest. I I totally agree with that. So. No,
2: they ought to, they ought to scrap it. I mean, I, I, I heard Shaden Sharp was going to be in it at one point, And I don't know. I think that probably what you just described, it probably happened to him. But I mean, anybody you would want to see in the dunk contest I, I, I didn't even in it, so why even have it? I'd I, I'd scrap that thing in a heartbeat. I saw um, I was in Houston. I've only been to a couple of NBA uh, All Star games in person, but I was in Houston when uh, when Kenny Walker oh won, yeah. the, won the slam dunk. Contest. That was 1989. Uh, I don't remember the year, but uh, but I mean that was that was a dunk. Yeah. That, <laughs> Kenny Kenny had some hops, and he won the slam dunk contest that year in Houston. So Kenny Scott, well, he's the reason I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. Really? Yep. Because he was, you
1: know, that was the that was my like real formidable years of him coming to play Kentucky, and then he went and played for the Knicks. I was like, okay, I guess I'm a Knicks fan, and then I've been a Knicks fan. Uh, ever since, so
2: that's Kenny's a, Kenny's a really good guy. I uh, I was listening to the pregame uh, show last Saturday when they were in Georgia, and they did a feature. Uh, Cam, um, oh man, Cameron Mills, mm-hmm. who does the pregame. You know, Jack used to do the pregame. Then he took Mike's place. Now Cameron Mills took Jack's place on the pregame, and he had an interview with Kenny. And it, it was it was really, really good. Kenny's a Kenny's a good guy. He also yesterday after the show I hadn't had an opportunity to sit down and watch it. I watched the third installment of the um of the Southern Hoops, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that yet. I got. I got to make time oh, to check that out. Oh, you! I, I mean, I, I was talking. To my daughter, um, I, 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 you know, told my my son and my daughter about it, and we were with her last night, and she had just watched the second. And you've got to watch that. It is especially if you're a Kentucky fan, because the first three episodes now. You know, it'll pro- it'll go. There's four more episodes, and what they do is they go by 10-year periods. So the first one was the 50s, 60s. This week was the 70s, and then you know it'll go. So it won't be uh, as as Kentucky heavy as the first three. But I was shocked. I told my my favorite Adolf Rupp story. Uh, you know, when they interview you interview you for something like this. I mean, they. I was there over an hour, uh, you know. They just ask all, all, and you know, you might have four sound bites in the in the whole thing. But I, I told my favorite story about Adolf Rupp and the glass of bourbon, and I can't believe that was on. That's in episode three, so you'll have to watch. that.
1: I'll have to check it out. You know, you know they actually have a nice little piece on UK Athletics website about Kenny Walker and how he always makes uh, time for the fans yep um uh you know i remember one of my friends when we were in grade school actually just kind of happened across kenny walker and ended up getting one of his shoes uh Hmm. yeah so i mean he was always one of those guys that just understands making time for the fans and how important that is and yeah uh man there was some that 80s period for kentucky basketball obviously there was a drought where we where there wasn't any national championships and they had the kentucky shame at the end of it but there were some there were some athletic dudes that played during that period. You know, that's that's Bowie, that's Walker, that's but you go back to the Dirk Minifield dunk that everyone likes to to play over. You had Rex Chapman coming in and I mean it was uh Winston Bennett. You it was uh even though they didn't win a title, there was there
2: was a lot of really good basketball being played that day. Yeah, time. no, Rex Chapman was incredible. Uh, I I I I I've told this story before I think, but uh, Rex uh, and just uh, he he didn't get along with Eddie Sutton, and uh, he he came out to the farm. Uh, we we had our horse farm in Lexington, and he was trying to decide if he was going to leave or not. He came out to the farm, and uh, he had this oh souped up sports car. I don't know. Uh, a ZX or something, something like that. And my, and my son, Scott, who was just five or six at the time, while, while Rex and I were visiting, he went out and sat in Rex's car, (laughs) one of the highlights of his early life. But I tried to talk Rex out of, out of leaving, you know, and I said, Hey, you stay here your whole career and, and you'll, you'll be you know people will love you you'll be the all-time leading scorer you'll be the all-time greatest player that ever played here but he just uh you know i think the money got got in his eyes a little bit and uh and he he and and coach Sutton just didn't see eye to eye but he uh, you know he wasn't there very long but uh, Rex Chapman's one of the best players that ever played there
1: and that that team that he was on uh the year the Louisville won in 86 might have been one of the best u k teams not to win a title yeah i mean it's yeah. it's probably not the best, but it's in the, it's it in it's in consideration it's in the list yeah. Yeah. um yeah. i mean it, that that year if they don't lose the if they don't have to play l s u for the fourth time and lose the l s u in that game who knows what happens
2: <laughs> yeah. Dale brown has a big part in um oh i'm sure this- in this, you know, you've got to watch it. Yeah. It's well well worth your time. Hey, hey Mike, I want to tell you about my friends at Bear Nose Pizza, especially uh, the original Barenos. Nose at Bowman Field. Great food, great drinks, and great people. Bear Nose has you covered for lunch or dinner, dine-in, carry-out, or delivery. Yeah, it's that good. Bear Nose Pizza. All
1: right, I want to go back to something we were talking about earlier, and and I think people sometimes when you look at the Louisville. What's going on in the Louisville season this year? It's easy to look at it from the macro perspective of this is Louisville basketball. We're supposed to be good. All blah blah blah. They can conveniently forget about what's happened over the last six years and whatever else, and and this is where we're supposed to be, right? Because, but I think that's incredibly dangerous, right? I, I just think it's uh, it's you definitely should have that standard. You should be going for the standard, Dan. No question about it. But just to think that things are just automatically going to be fixed. You're either going to fix it the wrong way. That's not going to have any kind of uh, substance to it, you know. So it could be easily taken away as it is built up. Or, but when I look at when I said earlier in the in the show that I thought Kenny's done a remarkable job getting these kids to play this hard with nothing on the line. When you consider at the beginning of the year that he was coaching effort, and anytime you're coaching basketball at that level and you're coaching effort, you're in trouble. Yep. Coaches should not have to coach effort at all.
2: No. No. I mean it's and and it and it should it, it should be fun. Now I know it's not fun going out and getting beat. Uh, you know, and then at this point there are no moral victories. I mean, you played better last night than you have probably all year, but it's still a loss. So, um, so that's not fun. But playing the game of basketball should be fun. Going out and kicking somebody's tail should be fun. And you know, if if you can't get up for that, then you're in the wrong sport. You you ought to find something else to do with your life.
1: So when you consider that's where they were at the beginning of the year, and then you consider how hard they fought last night, when there's zero, like probably you know half those guys, if not more than half those guys, probably won't even be in this town next uh, next season.
2: If they are, if they are, Kenny's in big trouble.
1: And he's able to, he's been able to flip that switch with them, and they are they are fighting. I mean, without question, the last to do what they did at Miami, and then do what they did last night, and I assume what we're going to see the rest of the year um uh, with them fighting uh, with again nothing to play for i think i yeah. do think it's it's incredible
2: to, yeah, to make no, that and, switch and like i said earlier i'd love to see them be be rewarded uh beating one of these teams that are not supposed to beat i'm guessing i mean they were they were 16 and a half point underdogs last night to virginia and i think both of us said yesterday we would be on Louisville's side of that one but um uh, I'm guessing Clemson's going to come in and be not 16 and a half, but be a pretty good, a pretty good size favorite.
1: And of course, Louisville is also honoring. Uh, and it, it, just real quick, Louisville, Easton, Louisville is your play-by-play home for Louisville basketball. The cards are back at the Young Center Saturday. Uh, this says hosting Virginia, which we know that's not right. They're hosting Clemson. Uh, network pregame show. I'm not even sure if these times are right, honestly. Now that I'm looking at this thing, this read I think is totally off. You got the network pregame, you got the play by play with Coach uh, Coach V and and Paul Rogers, and then the uh, the Coors Light postgame show with t- uh, Taylor Lynch afterwards, and they're honoring the 2013 um, air quotes national championship team.
2: Gonna raise that banner, Mike. Raise Listen, that banner.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that has not been said in this air. And that is going to probably just irate everybody, and then, you know, and then I'm going to step out of here. There's nothing <laughs> more little brotherish than seeking the recognition that that banner holds. I have no idea. I know those the banners are in Rupp Arena. I couldn't tell you exactly where they are. I have no idea where they are, but the fact that you have to seek that kind of recognition and have that kind of banner there and forget about what happened, there's nothing they called you to be more little brotherish than that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't say that too loud cuz you you you're among the you blanks down there. I know, I'm,
1: gonna, <laughs> I'm hoping blanks still here for lunch afterwards, you know, so. <laughs>
2: um, you know that's a good that's I I know the the jerseys It with the lights and stuff on the sides. I mean, you you really have to be looking for the jerseys. They're so they're so far up there, and it's so dark. Uh, I mean, you could you could go into Rupp Arena a hundred times and and never even notice that those jerseys are up there. I'm guessing it's probably the same way with the banners.
1: I'm pretty sure that those banners are on one end zone or the other, but I couldn't tell you exactly where they are. You know, um, no idea.
2: Yeah. Well, as I said the other day, I think U of L's making a big mistake raising that banner. And it, what is it going to say at uh, number one in the coaches' in poll? The coaches' poll or something like that. Sounds like
1: just like uh, Central Florida uh, football, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> their national championship. Yeah,
2: where right. they were undefeated.
1: The only undefeated team in college football. So
2: <laughs> have I, at. I, it. I, no, I I I'd, I'd put the NCAA championship up there. Let. Let the NCAA – Did you see? Um, I, I, I I I wanted to bring this up with Jay, and I forgot all about it. Did Did you see that Texas A and M, who has kind of been in the lead on this NIL stuff, they now have a there's a twelfth man uh, organization. And the twelfth man,
1: the twelfth man's been around for a long time. The
2: Texas Ninety three yeah. years. Yeah. They raised last year, Mike. This organization uh, raised ninety-six million dollars. Ninety-six million dollars. So, so what? Whatever Jimbo was doing with the NIL down there, it's it's only going to get bigger. But here's the part of the story that I found was very interesting: the Florida State Legislature uh, put passed some some laws, just like they did in Frankfurt, passed some laws that kind of oversaw the NIL situation. And now they're saying those laws were too restrictive. That <laughs> that that they it put too many constraints on the schools in Florida to use the NIL money. They the state legislature repealed those laws and uh, Governor DeSantis is supposed to sign it today or tomorrow. So they're they're not they're not bringing in restrictions, making making putting more guidelines on this thing. They're just opening up wider and wider. And the NCAA can do absolutely nothing, nothing. about it, which is why I say Louisville put that NCAA championship banner up there.
1: Yeah, I mean, because you know, what I guess what could they do? I guess they could. They could threaten to hold you out of a future tournament. What
2: are they going to do, fine you another $5,000? Right. Yeah. It's worth it at that point, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can can you imagine how big the spread is going to get between these schools like uh, Texas A&M and Alabama and LSU, people that can go out and just raise millions and millions of dollars for this stuff? And there's not a and there's not a thing that the NCAA can do about it.
1: We're getting the Are you kidding me? Take one of those big blue banners down from the Raptors and find out how much it, it uh, upsets Kentucky fans. I don't think it would upset us at all. Honestly, I really don't think it would matter. I,
2: I think the Kentucky fans know exactly how many championships they've won. and they don't have to have a banner up <laughs> nope. there to prove
1: it. Nope, I could tell you the years off the top of my head, and had you know, uh, like I said, I've seen those banners before, but it's, they don't they don't mean anything to me. So no. No, no. Not like that yeah. Dan Issel 44 jersey right there absolutely. next to Mike Pratt. That's the one. That...
2: A- a- absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah, the NIL situation is going to get pretty crazy, Dan, and the NCAA is going to – I mean, it's going to cease to exist, right, pretty soon. Do you agree? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have no power. I mean, I, I go back to what Bobby V says all the time. They're just glorified uh, party planners. They put together – the biggest thing they do today – Is putting together uh, the NCAA basketball tournament. That's that's the biggest thing they have on their plate.
1: Yeah, because they don't even own the football championship. So no, no. Yeah, no. That's uh, did you uh,
2: you were supposed to do some research Uh for me? Oh shoot, what did I forget to do? All right, go ahead. Yeah. uh, Now that the NCAA owns the NIT, oh, that's right. Can you turn down? An invitation.
1: I did look at. Uh, I did look into that actually, and uh, because luckily I did it right away, and I could not find anything that says you couldn't turn down an, an invitation. Mm. So I don't think I've had a good verification on that. Um, you know, we know what Kentucky's done the last couple times they've been in the IT, and they've basically turned it down and just lost in the first round anyway. So uh, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. So
2: let's let's play devil's advocate here, and Kentucky doesn't win three out of the last five games. If they don't make the NCAA tournament, would you accept an NIT bid with this team? Uh, Probably not. I wouldn't either, because, I mean, most of them, regardless of whether they have a year or two left of eligibility, most of them are going to be gone anyway. All right, we have come to the end of another... Issel and Louie on ESPN 680 105.7 uh, Mike thank you great job we appreciate you sitting in for Mike and you'll be back tomorrow and tomorrow I want to talk horse racing oh, the yes. first Risen 50 Star. point derby prep is tomorrow the Risen Star 14 horses it'll be great uh, we'll be back again tomorrow morning at 10am we hope you will be too this has been Issel and Louie have a great day everybody